Welcome to Simple Self-Care by Naturally Randy K, a podcast about creating healing practices that align with the natural rhythms of the season and your own inner wisdom. I created this podcast to show you that self-care is more than just a buzzword and a good intention. It's a way of being that can fit into your everyday life naturally, intentionally, and simply. Hello and happy Thanksgiving week for those in the U.S. of A. And happy week of shopping chaos for everyone else. (laughs) I'm sorry our ways have bled into the rest of the world, but what can you do? Well, actually, I will tell you what you could do with this week's episode. It's very easy to lose sight of what matters during this time of year. And it's even more easy to get all swept up in the steals and the deals and all of the anxious energy that comes with it. So for this week's podcast, I wanted to give you some things to consider as we head into shopping mania. As a small business owner myself, I run a healing studio in the downtown of Fargo, North Dakota, and there I have my own healing practice and then a small group of other healers run their practice out of my space as well. And this experience has given me a chance to one, learn all of the unglamorous and tough work that goes into running a business. And two, I've gotten to see how hard the businesses around me work, especially those in the retail biz. And getting to know them has motivated me even more to be more considerate about where I shop and care about where my dollar goes. And with these retail giants taking over the world, local shops are constantly fighting an uphill battle, which is sad for many reasons. But the closest reason to me is that I want to see the hard work of my friends and neighbors pay off. I want my community to win. And I want those that put their heart and soul into something to be able to be successful. So for this week, I interviewed just a few, and just a few, I have many, of my favorite local businesses to give you some insights into not only what it's like for them, but how shopping small is good for you too. And while they are Fargo-based companies, it's pretty likely that your local businesses are going through the same thing. And each of these businesses that I interview have online shopping options. So I've got a few discount codes for you at the end. So when you fall in love with them, like I have, you can perhaps get some of your gifts from them this season. So first I have Sally Leffler. She co-owns Beyond Running and Outermost Layer. These stores have become a staple in downtown Fargo, and it's the closest I can get to my beloved outdoor gear stores that I used to work at when I lived in the mountains. And as I've gotten to know Sally this past year, I have been blown away with how much she cares and how hard her and her team work at creating not just a place to shop, but a place of community and growth and caring for each other. She is constantly researching and studying her industry and going the extra mile to make sure that people have the right gear and are taking care of themselves while being active. And I love that they educate and provide ways for people to get outside in this part of the country 
where we are always dealing with extreme weather. So take a listen as we chat about the biggest problems with retail right now, the power of community and connection by shopping in person, how you can make a difference in your own tiny little corner of the world, and the importance of placemaking. I always say I'm an accidental retailer because I did not go to school for this. I did not envision that I'd be doing this. Um, But uh, circumstances sort of led itself to an opportunity um, about 12-ish years ago um, where I was able to be part of a running community, um, starting a run club with with my partner, Jason, who um, had started this retail business and so it goes I am still here um now doing all aspects of retail (laughs) and what made you want to get into it I don't know no (laughs) (laughs) um you know I well I'm a trained um speech pathologist and so I had been working in the hospital for 16-ish years, I don't know, a long time. And I guess what was exciting to me about a small business and retail in particular was um, having worked in healthcare, you know, as rewarding as it was to work with patients, it was also difficult to feel like it could affect change at any level. Um, You know, healthcare is a behemoth of a thing. And sometimes just being a small cog in the machine was just, um, it was a little frustrating at times. And so using, you know, kind of starting out with run club and, and working on, you know, kind of just helping out more at the business and then eventually becoming, a, you know, um, full on involved in the whole process, um, from kind of beginning to end from picking product to interacting with customers to, you know, making systemic changes in a really teeny tiny micro company. Um, that was exciting to me because, um, yeah, cause it's, you know, you always feel good about making change in any way possible. And this was one Avenue that I felt like I could do that. What are some problems in the retail industry, especially in like the small business retail industry? are you facing? How is it kind of evolved or devolved actually? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it's no secret that online shopping is, is definitely a challenge. Um, I, I think, um, kind of the always on idea of our society and how that sort of changed our behavior in a lot of ways, Um, you can always be connected to a website. You can always be connected to your friends. You can always be um, looking for the next best thing. And I think really it's the biggest challenge that we face is not just one small thing. It's really the attention economy, right? So you're fighting for people's attention and we're becoming more and more attention starved. Um, And so that's really the true issue is how to remain relevant in a person's life when they have so many things coming their way all the time from every avenue. Um, You know, you really can't be online without being bombarded. Even if you're not shopping online, you're bombarded with products or services or things that are going to make supposedly your life better and, you know, save you time. And it just seems like, um, 
even though these services, products, whatever, are offering you more, uh, something to save you some time, they're actually, you know, just dividing your attention even further. And so I'd say that was, that's one of the biggest changes I've seen over the last 12 years in small business is just, you know, a lot of sort of the idea that shopping online is easier or shopping local or going to stores more difficult, uh, which is really not true, but we've sort of made it that way. And um, that discussion, I guess, or that idea that we have about um, how we best use our time. And I think that um, the biggest challenge is getting people to to dis, kind of disengage from that other world of what's going on online or you know, what they think they should be doing and really connecting themselves in the community. So that's one aspect of the business that I like is we do, you know, weekly run clubs three times a week year round. And I do find that, you know, people are looking for that kind of third place, which you can't find online or in a big box store and those kind of things. And so, um, so yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it's any one thing. I think it's, it's a lot of things all combined. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's one thing I really love about your store is the community aspect. And not only do you have events, but you can go in there and talk to any one of your staff and have a real conversation and and learn what you need to learn about the products. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's just a fun experience going in there. Yeah, and I think that, like, for example, you know, everybody thinks you come in to, to get shoes for running or walking, or you're trying to make a lifestyle change, or maybe you're learning how to hike or whatever, to actually have a real face-to-face conversation with another human being is uh, something that's more valuable than even, do you know what I'm saying? It's like you um, are trying to improve your health through running, which is great, but the idea of being connected to a community um, whether you attend their running clubs or not, or whether you're just interested in, you know, talking to someone real, that's good for your mental health as well. Um, and I think part of your own self-care should be surrounding yourself with people that um, can support and uplift you. I think, you know, you can get, we always tell our employees when they first start, you can get anything that you see at our store really anywhere. I mean, that's the nature of our culture right now right is everything's like readily available it's it's over consumption it's things 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 and if we don't give people a reason to um to crave coming in and having that experience then you know there's really no reason to do what we're doing right and I feel like with things that I feel it this way with any kind of gear but like what you buy is going to really affect your health. If you buy the wrong thing, the wrong size, the wrong model, like it can injure you, you know? Mm-hmm. So I feel like it's even more important to be going in person for these kinds of things. So you can get it personalized to your body. Yeah. And I think the amount of stress that's involved in, you know, for example, if you take online shopping, the plethora of choices out there, it's like, you know, this paradox of choice, right? Where I'm trained, I've been doing this for 12 years, we're trained to learn the, um, 
the equipment, the technology, the performance, we test things for people, you know, so that we do know that we're giving the best, um, the best gear and the best information to people. And I think where the problem with, you know, leaving that up to the consumer or yourself, leaving it up to, to you to do all that research, to figure out or to order something and then return it because it doesn't fit or you didn't like it or it wasn't what you thought it was going to be. I think that's another piece that's really missing from that kind of online shopping experience or even the, the big box shopping experience where, you know, we're, it's an isolative experience because we're increasingly disconnecting from other people and in a way that leads to kind of it's 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 a less trustful culture altogether right because you feel like well maybe maybe there's something better out there maybe I missed something or maybe this is the next best thing you know and instead of having a community to engage with and say listen no yeah we've heard of that thing um, and that thing isn't going to magically fix you, um, and, you know, so it's, it's a little bit of a, you know, it's akin to trying to diagnose yourself on the internet, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, physicians are trained for a reason. And, and I feel like each person has in their own way, um, the knowledge to help, you know, you make the the most informed decision about what you're doing with your money and your time. So what would you say keeps you going as a small business owner? Because it's fear. No, <laughs> <laughs> it's hard work. It's really hard. And I think if people really saw how hard yeah. you work, it would be a game changer, but um but yeah, so, I mean, you have, you just opened a second location and I mean, you guys are working your buns off all the time mm-hmm. and, and you're working against this retail giant mm-hmm. problem. So what, what is your beacon? Why do you keep doing what you're doing? Huh? That's a good question. Can I lay down for this one? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what keeps me doing what I'm doing? I think, you know, in, in light, in, in spite of everything that's going on uh, on a national level, on a global level, um, again, I think it's that drive to connect with people and to create a community. You know, my mom used to always say that, like, you don't have to go in the Peace Corps to make a difference, right? You can make a difference right where you are. You can make a difference in your tiny little corner of the world. And I think that that is what keeps me going on a daily basis when you get up and you read all these articles about, you know, the demise of retail or Amazon's taking over or reading about, um, you know, how big behemoths of, of businesses and real estate owners are driving up rents, which keeps it, you know, what kind of, which pushes down the little guy. Um, So we are up against all these challenges and it, and it is easy to, um, to feel the drag of that and to feel discouraged by that. But um, the reason I think it's so important to get up and do what we're doing every day is we've created a community where people rely on um, what we do. I mean, I just had people in the store yesterday and said, we're really happy you're here. We really, you know, they had a uh, couple that brought a dog into the store to be fit for boots. And they were super nervous because they 
the dog was a rescue and it was kind of aggressive and we're like, hey, we get it, we know. Um, hey, we're really glad because no place else would let us do this. And so even though it is like a, it's a tiny micro impact that you make, it's like if I can make 10 people feel good in a day, that's enough for me. You know, it's um, I mean, obviously I have to pay the bills, but when <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a sense of place. I mean, if you feel like you can um, if you can create a sense of place for people and contribute to your community. I think that is, uh, that's a driving force for me. Yeah, I think so too. I think um, when you can, I always think even when my, in my business, when I hear from that one person or one or two people that share what my work did for them, it's like, okay, well, if there's just this one person that decided to reach out to me, there are probably many more people that I don't know about. And I think you can't ever really see the impact you're making. Um, Mm -hmm. And I just, you know, you just have to hope that that continues to matter and can continue to make it sustainable. Right. And I think the easiest thing to do as a small business owner is look at other, other small businesses and think like, you know, it's always different when you're not the one in it. Right. So mm-hmm. all I see, you know, you, you can get mired down in all the challenges that you have to um, work through each and every day. And then it, to look outward and see someone's seem, you know, success that's seemingly just like, well, how come, how come that's working for them? But then, then having, and then talking with these business owners and then saying, no, you know, we don't feel, we have all these challenges, we have these struggles. And so I think it's, it's this interesting um, dynamic you have with yourself, right? So you're constantly wondering if, you know, you're teetering on this feeling of success and failure all at the same time. And it's (laughs) stressful, you know? Um, and I think that anytime you're kind of engulfed in the situation, it is your life completely, um, you know, that's, that's a challenge. So it is those connections that make it worthwhile, mm-hmm. you know? So this is going to be airing when around Black Friday mm-hmm. and crazy shopping time. What message do you have for the people as a small business owner where they could support you specifically because you do sell online um, and uh, and help guide people through the holiday season right now and what it means to have people shopping small now and and forever. (laughs) Yes. Um, You know. I was just reading, I was reading a couple articles this morning. Don't I sound smart? Um, you are so smart. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. I wasn't reading an article. <laughs> looking at the pictures. It's okay. I was looking at pictures. Um, yeah. I mean, right. Black Friday, small business Saturday, the holidays in general, right. They're fraught with all of these, not only nostalgia, but they're fraught with kind of this hurried behavior and, the stress that we impose upon ourselves and you know for um for small business I think um 
I think when you think about um, like Black Friday, right? And the deals and the steals. And you have to look at what these corporations are doing on a large level. So a lot of, in a way, it's um, these bigger businesses end up duping the customer, right? So you think in the short term that you're saving money on the whatever the big item is that people are lining up for and trampling each other for. And what the consumer largely doesn't know is those are something called loss leaders right so the companies are willing to lose money on something just to get people in the door right and so um there's something i think when you look at those kind of things um it's a bit nefarious you know it's a bit like they're trying to get you to engage in a behavior that maybe you don't even quite understand right who needs another you know, talking Elmo or whatever it may be. (laughs) (laughs) That dates you a little bit, doesn't it? Okay. Maybe a little. (laughs) I feel like the, I feel like the talking Elmo was like the beginning of. Yeah. That was like the first year I feel like Black Friday became insane and it was everyone needing those Elmos. Yeah. Yeah. And it's sort of like, it just, I don't know. Um, and I'm not saying, you know, hey, I'm in retail. I get it. I know that there are things that people need and want, and they want to get value out of it. Um, and I certainly understand that, you know, we exist in a world where big box and online and small business have to kind of exist, um, you know, coexist, really. And I think that um, it's the difference, you know, is that when you when you go to a small business, you're getting something different, right? You're sort of, I read a quote where somebody was saying like, when you go on vacation, right? Where are the places that you seek out? Well, you seek out the places that make that town unique, right? Nobody is like, I'm going to Savannah, Georgia, and I can't wait to go to Target, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Because it's all the same, right? So this idea of sameness, I think, um, has sort of, um, it, it kind of accelerates our shopping experience because you can get the same thing and you know what it is and on and on and on and on. Um, but that's really not what people crave. And I think if you like slow down, so Black Friday has even seen kind of a resurgence on, um, for us as a small business where people are sort of rejecting that idea of the big box and the sameness and they're coming downtown even to shop before Small Business Saturday. And I'd say like, even in the last, you know, few years where people are maybe thinking like they'll be asking us what are your doorbuster deals no we're not busting doors we're having a cup of coffee in the morning (laughs) and we're coming downtown and we're you know talking to people about you know maybe what their what their mom wants for Christmas or you know experiences of uh different things they can put on their list I mean we have we have folks that we just know for so many years and they'll say tell my wife I want this you know Mm -hmm. um so I think there's a difference um, and it's just, I don't know. It's just, I think it's a turning of the tide of this kind of like hurriedness of the holiday season. And we just see that it's such a much more relaxed. I mean, we see people with families that are coming out on Black Friday and Small Business Saturday in particular, and they're making an event of it. We've ha- already had several people come in and say, oh, we're, com- we're coming on Saturday. It's our thing now. And so I think that idea of making um, that shopping experience a tradition um, is, is pretty huge. So, and, you know, going beyond that, I mean, I think 
I recently had somebody say to me that they just shop online because now they have kids and they don't want to take their kids to the store. And I just did, it was everything I could do to not be like, don't you want your kids to learn social skills? Like, <laughs> you know, isn't it important they know how to act in public? So this idea of, I mean, when I was a kid, Thursday nights was the night that all the shops downtown were open late. And my mom and I would go, um, and it was a map dot of a small town. So it wasn't like there was anything, you know, huge going on, but it was a big event. Like everybody from the community was there and stores were open till nine. And I think that, um, you know, maybe some of this resurgence towards shopping small will hopefully bring some of those things back that, um, I, I think it shapes how you behave in your community and it shapes who you are as a person. So, yeah, agreed. <laughs> so if people want to support your business, how can they find you? What kind of things do you offer online? Yeah. So, um, we obviously we have we have two locations. We have our location downtown at five sixteen Broadway, which is beyond running, and then our um, kind of our complement to that, which is outermost layer, um, featuring kind of more outdoor gear. And then um, we have a store in West Fargo, which you should check out because it's an old car wash that we renovated. <laughs> why not? Why not? Um, and then, <laughs> That's at 837 um, East Main Avenue in West Fargo. We're super excited about that location. Um, so yeah, I mean, all of the typical, you can go online, gobeyondrunning.com. We work with a great company called locally.com, which helps us um, generate um, our inventory online. So you can actually look and see for all of our participating vendor partners um, to see what we have online. But um so yeah, so you can really, um, I guess, experience this both online and um, in real life. Um, so that's, yeah, that's how you can come see us. I love it. And I'll put links to that in the show notes and be posting about it as well. Perfect. So, cool. Well, thank you for your time. Now get yes. back to work, young lady. <laughs> <laughs> I've been slacking. I yeah. know. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Yes. Have a good one. Thank you. Next, I have my friend Lexi Runquist from Arrow Handmade. Lexi is a local maker that not only sells her jewelry and accessories in local shops, but a large part of her business happens online and through Instagram. She's become known for her chunky statement pieces featuring large and magical crystals and stones and I'm just obsessed with them. And they were recently worn on the show Grace and Frankie. So that's pretty cool. But I love her. I love how she has made a business out of something she absolutely loves. So take a listen as we chat about making a business from something you love and from recovering from burnout the therapeutic benefits of honing your craft and how making something from a space of joy benefits everyone. I would love it if we started out by you sharing your business and how you got into this craft and art form. Sure. Absolutely. Um, so I guess I'm <laughs> I guess it's just a, just a hunch, but 
<laughs> this is what I do. I guess I, I should know what I do. Um, <laughs> so I specialize in electroforming, which is a really fun process. It sounds really crazy when you explain it, right? But it's a fun process where I transfer copper molecule by molecule onto any conductive surface. So I work with crystals a lot and I work with copper because I've just always been drawn to that. Um, I started making jewelry in probably 2010, just as like a hobby. Um, and obviously that's evolved to something way bigger than what I thought it would be. <laughs> it was definitely just, I would go to work and then I needed something to do after work to kind of unwind. And I had all this jewelry supplies because um, everyone in my family is an artist. And so I was living with my parents at the time. And of course they had every supply I could ever need. <laughs> so I kind of just mooched off of them um, and then opened up an Etsy shop in, I think, 2011. And um, started doing some sales uh, right away through like international. Like I was really uh, doing like a lot of feather jewelry and like, you know, that whole craze that happened. <laughs> um, and yeah. I was doing a lot of sales to like Italy and um, I kind of was shocked because I feel like not a lot of people here were buying it. And I was like, well, what's going on over in Italy? <laughs> <laughs> and then I got approached by a um, motivational speaker who wanted me to make a line of jewelry for like to go along with her book tour um and I said yes kind of reluctantly because I was like totally young not prepared for the volume that she wanted <laughs> and totally got burnt out like 100% got burnt out within probably like three months um and so that was when I kind of was like okay I need to refocus reshift figure out what I actually want to be doing here <laughs> And I took a little bit of time off just to um, do that, do all those things, ponder all those questions, and then um, found electroforming in 2014. And it's kind of hard to stop once you, it's just like the perfect mixture of science and art. So I don't know, I love science and I love art. And so like, to just be able to like, I don't know, make those things happen together is really fun and definitely challenging at times but yeah <laughs> how did it so many things yeah I know it is like a very broad question of like tell me your life story <laughs> of everything but I think that's a good a good start cool. um so when you went well tell me more about what you did after your burnout and did this electroforming come as like a way to ease that burnout and then you're like oh this is cool I'm gonna keep doing it yes absolutely so I when I burnt out I seriously was like I don't want to do this anymore you know I don't want to even like look at all the tools I have I just kind of let everything sit and that's how I do that's like how I deal with a lot of things <laughs> so if I have a piece that I'm working on and I'm not 100% con content with that I'll just let it sit I'm like, I know it's, it's going to serve a purpose at some point. And if not, it'll just be in another sitting place, <laughs> just holding space for that. Um, and so I um, was scrolling through Instagram of all places and found an artist who was working with electroforming. And I seriously was like, what is she doing? <laughs> this is so cool. <laughs> and I seriously was saying, like, I could not fall asleep. These were like multiple nights where I was like, what is happening? I need to what? know. 
And so I started doing just like some really light research. And at that time there were seriously only research papers available. Like no, no artists had like published anything. And um, I finally stumbled across this website for like really general generic supplies for electroforming. And I was like, I don't know, maybe this will work. <laughs> and then before I ordered, I of course was talking this over with my sister, Chelsea. And she just so happened to have like all the supplies on hand. She's like, oh yeah, I've totally tried that before. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, I don't understand how that happened, but mm-hmm. it was kind of wonderful. I mean, I guess I, I still have the first like rectifier that she gave me and I use it all the time. <laughs> I love it. And your sister is also a amazing artist in person and I'm just not surprised she's always full of tricks mm-hmm. and her random Absolutely. surprises <laughs> yes I truly was like I, it seriously surprised me so much because I was like when have you had the time to do this <laughs> she's busy doing so many other things and so I was like wow good I guess I don't know everything about you I thought I did but <laughs> this electroforming secret from me <laughs> I love it so your business has grown quite a bit. It's you're featured in a lot of retail stores and online, and you've recently been featured in the Netflix show, Grace and Frankie, yes. which is exciting. <laughs> so those like big honking crystal necklaces that mm-hmm. Frankie wears in season four, I think. Yes. In yeah. Season five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's some Alexi's work. And so I actually started watching the show because of your <laughs> jewelry. Oh I was like, well, now I got to see her jewelry in there. And, but I'm like, but I should probably start from the beginning. And oh. so I got it. It's a good show. Yeah. I was just saying, do you like it? <laughs> I do. I got, I liked it. I was judgmental of it at first. Yeah. Um, it's a little out there. Yeah. But I dig it. Oh, that's really sweet. <laughs> yes. So, how has your, I guess from experimenting and doing it for fun, you know, I guess where are you at now with it and how do you want it to grow and evolve? Yeah. So right now um, it's pretty much my full-time gig. Um, I am working, I'm teaching one day a week at a nonprofit and then doing some classes on Unglued as well. So I'm usually in the studio every day, um, which I'm trying not to do this time of year because I you know, every day, like a seven day, <laughs> seven days a week can be kind of a lot. Um, but it's just kind of where I am right now in this busy season of holiday orders and all the, the really awesome wholesale orders that are coming in. Um, so I kind of have focused on FAIR, which is a wholesale website, um, a really awesome, it's kind of like Etsy wholesale, but a little bit um, more streamlined, I guess and easier for retailers to find you. Um, And now Etsy wholesale is not a thing, so it's kind of like the best thing. (laughs) So I'm really working on a lot of wholesale orders and um, I still do wholesale pick boxes on my website for um, more like galleries. So those are more like one of a kind pieces, something that can't be replicated. Um, Big, you know, big chunky statement pieces. And then, um, yeah, really just focusing on restocking local you know retail I sell at the Rourke and then I sell um and unglued within the FM area I guess and then I'm popped up actually this weekend at um the Plains Arts Museum oh fun (laughs) yeah so kind of just keeping busy with 
local shows and um, you know, all the wholesale orders that are coming in. <laughs> so if you happen to have a store and you want amazing stone and gems and crystal jewelry and accessories, <laughs> check out Arrow. I know I got to get you my retail. I have so many dreams for it at the studio and you're on my list. So we'll, we'll get there. Yes. Oh. I am wearing my acorn today to, um, Yay. so fun fact, Lexi and I have the same birthday. And, um, so I always wear one of her pieces on my birthday. Oh. Um, <laughs> I'm just like my girl crush on you is like coming out hardcore. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, and then I'm like, oh, where my my acorn? Because uh, I'm talking to Lexi today. Anyway, that is so, so nice, Andy. You're so I, cute. <laughs> but I I really resonate with your work, and I like that it it comes from you. But like, can you talk about how to use stones and crystals? Like, I like that you bring a purpose to having them around you, and not just like a stone on your shelf or something. It can become a part of supporting you throughout your day yes yeah so a lot of I think um the really fun thing about jewelry as art or art as jewelry that's the one <laughs> is that it, it becomes really functional right so you can um kind of use these stones or use your jewelry as whatever whatever you want from that so a lot of people will um kind of come in looking for a certain stone for certain ailments and I'm not super well-versed on like what everything does, but I do think it's like really nice to be able to kind of, at least for me, like I always grab my necklace if I'm like anxious or stressed or I'll spin my ring. And so um, little things like that, <laughs> but also kind of incorporating them into your wardrobe. And of course the aesthetics of things is really fun. I have, um, a, I almost call her a client, a customer <laughs> who will come to almost every single one of my local shows just because she wants something that's like brand new that I'm making. And I think it's just so fun to see that energy that she's like, I don't even care what it is. I want what you just did. Like, what is the newest piece that you've worked on? I'm like, I just love it. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. My favorite moment shopping from you was when I came to your booth at the unglued craft fest and I'm like oh look at all these new things you have and you're like well I have some more back here so you let me go behind the booth which is <laughs> really cool and then I was like my eyes were drawn down and like underneath something was this uh multicolored crystal and I'm like what is this and you're like, <laughs> and you're like oh yeah that's a really cool one and I just dyed the string with grape with grapes or something like that. Yes. And I'm like, I need this one. <laughs> so I, I mean, and that's the thing with stones. Like I've always like collected rocks and been drawn to, yes. to stones. I find them very healing, but <clears throat> I, I purposefully have not gotten into the meanings of stones because mm -hmm. there's so many different books that have so many different things and it's like where did they get that information like exactly. I don't but I feel like what you're drawn to is what you need just yes. like any other element and so I just that's what I love about your jewelry the most is like they get to be these stones that I find or come across that get to travel with me as my 
grounding elements. So yeah. I love Very cool. That. Um yeah. So speaking of the community aspect of it, that's one thing I I like to highlight about all the businesses I'm interviewing is how your business the role that it plays in the community, like in Fargo beyond um, that personal interaction. Cause I feel like we're losing a lot of that in how we shop nowadays. So if you could share some of your insights on what you've seen and why you still are working so hard for this business for your customers. Wow. That's a really good question. (laughs) (laughs) Surprise. No, I really like that. Um, Well, I think for me, it really is kind of like a selfish thing, right? I really get a lot of enjoyment out of making um, and to be able to like have, you know, that (laughs) be paid through that. Mm -hmm. That's that's why I'm doing this. Um, I don't really know if it extends as far into the community as I like, as I'm aware. (laughs) But I mean, I do think that of course, we're in the time of Amazon, right? So every everyone kind of expects this like two-day shipping situation. And so to kind of like allow people to slow down a little bit and um, especially with like custom orders, I think that's kind of a fun thing that's really unique. There's nothing really like that. Um, even online, of course, you know, locally, that you can like come in with a stone or have a vision in mind and we can talk together and make that happen. I think that's like a really beautiful process. Um, Just kind of like merging of ideas and making something from nothing is just always really, really cool. Um, So yeah, I think that's something I do. (laughs) (laughs) I think so. I mean, you probably haven't thought about it before, the impact you're making. And I think it's cool, even if it was selfish like it to just do something you enjoy like why shouldn't that be supported like I would much rather support a business that has made their product with love and enjoyment than finding something cheap that was made in a factory oh totally yes yeah and I think it is cool that people can come in with their personal items and turn them into a work of art. So maybe that's something you get to sit with is enjoying the impact that you make out of the things that you do and that you even provide an experience for someone coming to your booth, wherever you're at, and they get to have that joy of seeing what's new and shopping along. And then they get to go to the next booth because they came to your booth. So it's like supporting this local artist community, which I think is really important. Yeah, I've never, I've never thought about that before. That is really, you've made me feel like, oh, I'm actually doing something. (laughs) (laughs) I think that is one of the things like my motivators for this podcast is to let, to bring to light what local businesses do and small businesses. I have so many friends that run their own business and even me running mine. It's like, we are working seven days a week in some regard I always laugh at like oh you're your own boss you get flexible hours it's like yeah I get to work all day and all night like (laughs) and no one could tell me not to you know 
Yes. Oh my gosh. And so I just like, as we consider our shopping for the holiday season to really think about where our dollars are going and what we are supporting. And, you know, you, you're, before we started recording, you're like, it's the holidays. That's so busy. And it's like, (laughs) yeah, so let's have it be worth your while, you know? (laughs) Oh, very true. Very true. So how can people um, purchase from you? (laughs) (laughs) So I have um, my website, which is kind of the the most like streamlined place. If you're looking for something that is one of a kind or else some of the staples that I have as well, that's definitely where I'll send people. I sometimes will have like flash sales on my Instagram, which are kind of fun because it's like whoever claims it first gets it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I do sell locally at Unglued and then at the Rourke in their little gift shop, which is super fun. Um, if you're not finding like a huge chunky statement at Unglued, you'll definitely find it at the Rourke. That's where I have like big power pieces and more of like the hand dyed cords and lots and lots of love put in those those pieces. Um, lots of love are put in every piece <laughs> you know what I mean really just yeah. a lot of like it like usually a bigger piece will kind of come from like a stone that I have sitting around and I'll really really love it and then I'll like okay there'll be this moment where I'm like oh man should I make this into jewelry or should I keep it <laughs> and then I'll usually just be like, okay I have to make it into something and so to be able to like do that and then have it in a place that I know it's going to be honored, like a gallery. And, you know, it's been really fun to see um, those sell in a local area like Fargo-Moorhead where we're not, we're kind of conservative with what we're wearing. Not everyone's wearing like, you know, a a pound, (laughs) pound and a half rock around their neck. (laughs) I don't know why not. We all should. Really, that is the question. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like sometimes when I see those, I feel like it's like a kind of like a care bear with like their superpower in the circle. It's yes, like, like a little. Here, here's my beacon of power. Exactly. They kind of do look very powerful when the light hits them the right way. You're like, whoa, everything. <laughs> that person is exuding something over there. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and online, your store. Yeah. And it's arrow, A-E-R-O-W. Yes, yeah. Which is your initials. Yes. Plus, plus, oh, I just thought, what does, oh. Original works. There you go. (laughs) Yeah, so clever. (laughs) (laughs) Well, any other uh, advice or insights you have as people go into the holiday season of shopping and trends and how to make it meaningful? Yeah, I think anytime that you uh, shop local, your dollar goes further. It goes back into the community. So I always am really aware of that when I'm shopping, you know, supporting a small business. Sometimes uh, I just saw this post the other day that someone had shared um, saying that like whoever, thank you so much to whoever spent, I think it was like $50 on my website or bought, purchased whatever amount that literally put bread on the table. And I was like, wow, that is like a really good way (laughs) to explain what happens when you shop small. 
Um, it sometimes is, it sometimes is like, okay, I, you know, eggs or whatever for some small business owner out there, that is a real thing. So yeah, anytime that you're shopping small or shopping with a maker, you're definitely supporting them in a really powerful way. And then again, you know, they're paying taxes. So it goes right back into the community and that's a really awesome thing too. Mm -hmm. Ah, taxes. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta love them. Every small business owner's favorite thing. Um, I remember when Ashley Deaton, who was on the podcast earlier this season, she had her Etsy shop and I'd be hanging out with her and the little cha-ching noise would go off on her phone, meaning she had a sale and she'd be like, we'd just be talking. And then that would go off and she'd be like, yeah, like she would like do this happy dance. And I'm like, I would love for my money to create that reaction instead of become some like number on a graph maybe that nobody cares about <laughs> you know? oh my gosh yeah it is seriously it is like there's just this little like feeling every time that you get a sale that you're like oh yay mm-hmm. <laughs> and now I you know now I can focus on that that item has already had a lot of love put into it now I can focus on like shipping and packaging and all the fun things that are involved in that <laughs> mm-hmm. yes and I feel like it, even as a recipient and I've been thinking a lot about like how I want to give gifts this year and like really thinking about what that person would want. And Mm -hmm. I think with your work, it's like, like, I don't know. I feel like whoever would give one of your gifts to somebody is really thinking about that unique person. Like I got one of your necklaces from Simone one year and I was like, she gets me like, (laughs) like this is the perfect thing. And so I think that's, uh, I don't know, just something to throw out there too, is really, instead of checking off your gift list of really thinking about unique things that a person would want and actually keep, you know? Yes. Yeah. That is the, the really beautiful thing about shopping, especially with local makers is that you can browse in person and really like have a certain person in mind, or maybe seeing a certain item will spark an idea for someone that you're like, they are impossible to buy for. Mm-hmm. That's why I love like the Drecker markets that are put on um, in conjunction with Unglued. Those are just so fun to sell at, but also to shop at. Cause you're like, I don't know. There's always something there for seriously. Like I think I did all my Christmas shopping three years ago in October. Cause I was like, okay, I'm just going to do it. And I did it all <laughs> at one of those markets. Cause it was just, there's really something for everyone. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, thank you, Lexi, for your time. I'll let you get back to fulfilling all of your holiday orders and desires. Um, And I'll have links in the show notes to your stuff. So thank you. And lastly, I chatted with Sarah Peltier, who is the general manager of a fair trade boutique called Others. Others was founded by my friend Laura Morris in 2014 as a passion project, and it's been amazing to watch it grow and evolve and make a difference in the world, and it's now a popular stop right on Broadway in the heart of downtown. Because of others, fair trade and sustainable shopping is now becoming a conversation and an accessible option in the area, which is huge. And this chat has an extra layer of importance because it addresses the ethics of what we buy and consume and the impact our dollar can really make. So take a listen as we talk about that, 
We talk about the importance of educating yourself on the true cost of what we buy, how to find brands that you can trust, what fair trade means, and how you can start shopping with more intention. Others is a fair trade boutique um, that was started in 2014, just as kind of a pop-up experiment about could a boutique do good. So a big part of the, uh, the fair trade thing is that everything is made ethically, sustainably, um, then the thing that others does above and beyond that is we donate 100% of our profit. So that started in 2014 as just a little pop-up experiment on 7th Street. Uh, then it, it was really well received, so it moved to 8th Street across the street from Nicole's Fine Pastry. And that's where it was for about two, uh, three years, excuse me. And yeah, just a fair trade boutique, trying to do some good, donating 100% of the profit. Then in 2018, the opportunity arose for others to move to Broadway in the heart of downtown Fargo. So we moved in May of 2018. And when we moved locations, kind of the um, brand of others changed a bit as well to include not only fair trade made, but ethically made and sustainably made goods and brands. The reason for that being fair trade, in order for an item to be considered fair trade, it um, requires a certification. And there are a lot of small brands who are doing things ethically and sustainably, but don't and can't afford that um, fair trade certification. So we wanted to include those small brands, being a small brand ourselves, still do 100% profit donated, and um, just have been really excited to see the mission of others grow throughout the couple of years that we have been on Broadway now. And you just opened up your online store as well. We initially launched e-commerce in 2017, actually. Um, and that was, you know, right when e-commerce was becoming this big deal. And so we were like, we got to get in on this. Let's open up an online shop. Yeah, that'll be great. And then it's realized that it requires a lot of work. So we scaled back the online shop for a little bit. And then we relaunched in the spring of 2019. So now we uh, have kind of started to figure out what we're doing and <laughs> um, <laughs> are working towards making our e-commerce platform just as engaging as our brick and mortar store. Cool. Yeah, I'm excited for that. Um, and so when you say you've donated the profit, what are you donating it to? So others donate 100% of our profit, and we donate that locally and globally to organizations that are working um, primarily in poverty reduction. That usually encompasses uh, organizations that are working with education, employment, health and hunger. Um, those have been identified as like the four key elements of poverty reduction. That's what we need to focus on working in. So uh, for instance, on a global scale, we partnered with Charity Water to build a well in Mali, West Africa. And um, so that provided clean drinking water to um, a community of about 150 people. And so that fits into part of our like health, um, you know, poverty reduction aspect. And then um, 
we also partnered with an organization in Haiti that provided 185 kids with breakfasts in the morning before school. And we felt that that was really important because it's really hard for kids to learn if they're hungry. And so we thought that that was a really cool opportunity for us to be able to impact these kids and enable them to hopefully learn more um, just because they had a full belly in the morning. So that's on a global scale. On a local scale, again, we're working with organizations that are working towards poverty reduction. So it's mostly focused on, in our area, organizations um, like Charism offering after school educations and opportunities to um, underserved and underprivileged youth in our area. We work with um, immigrant and refugee resettlement organizations. One of the organizations we're working with at the end of this month is Down Home, which is a cool group that uh, they go in and furnish apartments for families that are transitioning out of homelessness and are, um, you know, looking to move into a more permanent residence. So they work to make those houses feel like homes. And that's really important, I think, too, for a lot of elements of just getting your feet underneath you. So that's the kind of thing that we donate money to. We don't typically donate money to like softball teams or that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Not that those are important, but, yeah. you know, yeah, I mean, those type of organizations get their own amount of community support. So we're just looking to support organizations that are really working to like serve the people of Fargo-Moorhead. That's great. Yeah, there's so much focus on charity work being done elsewhere, which is important, but we tend to neglect to look at what's needed in our own backyard. So I really love that others does that both. Um, what kind of response have you seen from the community and how do you feel like it's brought I don't know, our community together in, in awareness around fair trade? It's really interesting because I feel like with with our consumers, our customers, our supporters, it the definition changes day to day. Uh, but with the people who are supporting others in our community, it kind of like what resonates with them changes based on a couple of different factors. Um, so I would say to you know the vast majority of our consumers, fair trade, the only time that they've ever heard of fair trade is fair trade coffee. And so that just starts a whole conversation with people um, and is a lot of education. So we really work to kind of pare that down because people, you know, for the most part, don't want to stand and have a 15 minute conversation about fair production practices and labor regulations and uh, the global economy and fairly paying, you know, coffee bean growers for their product. Um, so that's where the donation of 100% of profit comes into play. So sometimes when you have people come into the shop, you can kind of tell, like, we're not, they're not really going to engage with us on the fair trade aspect. But then we talk about the 100% profit donated, and that really resonates with people. So it's kind of nice to be able to have those, you know, two different points. Um, so we make sure that we're telling the story of donating 100% of profit, but then we're also pointing out like why it's important to support the goods that we have in our store. And yeah, I don't I think that we've started a lot of conversation about this type of stuff in Fargo-Moorhead, and it's not something that is discussed on a daily basis by many people. 
So it's been cool to see the community of supporters kind of grow and start to make changes in their own purchasing habits. Yeah. So our, my studio and others used to be neighbors on eighth street Mm -hmm. and I would, well, I'd go in there a lot and just talk and, you know, hear the stories of all the products. But um, then I would tell people at my studio about it. And it was so funny to hear like a lady would have just been to others and they bought this cute thing and they get compliments on it. She'd be like, oh, but did you know that it actually goes and helps so-and-so? And And like, they would, it would just be fun to hear the, and I'm definitely stereotyping with the Midwestern ladies, but that, but, but that accent sometimes is no exaggeration. Um, (laughs) Not at all. But they'd be like, oh, did you know? And like, they would just start like going, like gabbing away, like church ladies Mm -hmm. about their trade. And a part my heart would just start to burst because I'm like, they probably would have never talked about that before before that store came around so it's really I think it's been a really powerful um, gift to our community to to get that because those are buzzwords on the internet now which Mm -hmm. is good and bad Um, but like sustainable ethical da 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 like they're starting I feel like we're starting to just disconnect from what that actually means because it's becoming a buzzword but when it's a physical store and you're going in and you're relating to the yeah. items and you're seeing the names of the people that have yeah. made it, like it's actually making a, that a real tangible thing. Yeah, I agree. Um, that's actually one of the biggest struggles that we face right now is just, you know, with the e-commerce launch, how do we, we're using all the same words that all the other brands are using. I mean, like H&M and Target are using fair trade terminology now. So it's it's interesting because we're the only person doing or the only store doing this in Fargo-Moorhead. So we're it. Like if somebody searches sustainable boutique Fargo, they're going to find us. Uh if somebody searches for sustainable boutique on online just without putting in that Fargo bit, I mean, there's millions of brands. And so for us to be able to connect with people locally, you know, it's really great because we're the only ones saying those buzzwords, but then online, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to stand out. Like, how do you do that? Mm -hmm. Um, So just trying to stay authentic and uh, real with people. And I mean, my favorite part of my job is that I have people who come in just to chit chat and talk and, uh, people stop in and be like, did you hear that NPR article about this sustainable brand starting to do this? What do you think about that? And um, yeah, just people wanting to stop in and chit chat is really fun too, but I'm um, trying to stand out online is the struggle that we're facing right now. Well, I think, I think for those listening that don't live in Fargo, they can go to your website and trust the brands. I think that's a really, you know, great thing about what you guys are up to is that it's becoming a trustworthy resource and it's not just a, a marketing tool like or like something you're slapping mm-hmm. on there it's yeah like we've researched we have a relationship with these brands yeah go to our website like you can trust what you're purchasing here and I think um it, well do you have any advice on how to trust when a brand says fair trade or how to investigate a brand, because I have gone to yeah. H&M's website and been like, okay, what are you talking about? You know, like, wh- how are you fair trade? And I still can't, it's like, okay, I guess 
can I trust this? Like, <laughs> yeah, yep. So the, the biggest thing with the word fair trade is fair trade um, enabled, in order to use that word and for it to be correct, that item needs to be fair trade certified. Uh, so that either means that the brand will be a certified B Corporation brand, um, or they will have fair trade certification on a certain product. So for instance, at Target, they just released this line of denim that is fair trade made, which simply means um, that Target paid the premium for those jeans to be made fairly. Um, so the workers received more compensation for their labor on those jeans. They got a fair wage for the creation of those jeans. So those jeans truly are fair trade certified and they are fairly made. But the thing that we have to do as consumers then is if there's a big brand like any of these that is claiming to have these items, whether they are or not, why aren't they making all of the items fair trade, you know? Um, so it's better than nothing, but it's still not good enough in our opinion. Um, at least in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, so it's, for, yeah, it's progress, but it's still, it, that brings up a question of like, okay. Yeah. Why? Right. And I, <laughs> you know, I think, I think the big reason is that brands are realizing that it's profitable. Like so mm -hmm. many people of you know, of all generations, but especially the younger generations are demanding authenticity and transparency. And like, they want to know who made the products, where they were made, like, um, you know, all of these like pop-ups with different makers and locally made and locally grown and all that kind of stuff having another resurgence. But even on a global scale, like, we want to know that our clothes aren't made by, and people joke about it, right? They're like, well, it was probably made by some like, person in a sweatshop. Well, yeah, it probably was. <laughs> if you don't know where it came from, it, it probably was. So yeah. it's important for us as consumers to just decide what makes, what makes something okay or not for us to purchase, especially going into the holiday season. Like um, my start into consuming more ethically and more sustainably was just deciding to not consume items that contain palm oil and then doing more reading and more research on it and then honestly my like Facebook and Instagram and Google algorithms were just like hey I guess she's interested in this stuff and started showing <laughs> me more and I went further and further down the rabbit hole and here we are I'm the operations manager of the fair trade give back machine <laughs> <laughs> yeah I I mean that's been my I don't, I don't even know what my gateway drug was, um, <laughs> but I, it might have been others actually, because I'm friends with Laura Aww. Morris, the founder, and I've yeah. been around since day one with what they've been up to. And um, I think it came from simplifying my wardrobe, uh, like doing yeah. more capsule wardrobe stuff and then being like, yeah. okay, I want to be more intentional it's just like the next step, I think, is like where yeah. I'm getting my clothes from and then documentaries and talking to people and like being close with others. Like it just really, yeah. And it's, it's kind of like with, when you start researching, like eating organic, it's easy to get overwhelmed and have it yes. hurt your soul. Like I remember watching yep. that documentary, the true cost yep. documentary and just sobbing. Like I just, yeah sobbed and I was like oh my gosh so it 
but it's good. It's good to have those moments. It's good to have those moments of full awareness, but then to also go about it in ways that are doable and digestible and to not feel like, um, paralyzed by, um, the fate of things. And so that's why, like, I do, I feel like I refine my shopping more and more, but I do spend a lot of others. <laughs> like, I'm like I have a lot of well, we appreciate it. <laughs> signature pieces and you guys have supported me, which has been awesome. Um, and it's, uh, but that's why I like capsule wardrobes because I can afford to buy um, pieces that are going to last longer, that are made more sustainably. And it becomes a part of like my rotation instead of like, the fast fashion industry of being able to buy something for $2 and then not really care about it. You know, like I care about the clothing that I invest in and the accessories that I invest in, um, for many reasons now, but it's been an evolution. And I feel like each season and year I refine more and more. And now I'm having moments where I look at my whole outfit and I'm like, I feel really good about this whole outfit, but that's taken me a couple of years, you know? When you get up in the morning and you, you already know what you're going to wear. It takes you one minute to decide because everything matches and mixes and you don't Mm -hmm. have to think about it. And then, yeah, you look down and you're like, I know where I got every single one of these pieces. I have like a story associated with the curation of this collection. And I love what I'm wearing. It's just, Mm -hmm. yeah, I just, I think that you don't pay enough attention to that side or note. I definitely had a side gig for a little bit of like curating people's capsule collections. Did you? Uh, yeah. So it's maybe good I to know. pick that back up. It was super fun. I loved it so much. Oh, you definitely should. Um, yeah. Yes. Well, so as people go forward this week that this is airing is the week of Black Friday and we're going to be oh, in okay. holiday shopping mode. What advice do you have to consumers about um, maybe starting this journey or mm-hmm. as they consider their their shopping right now? And then also, um, yeah, how, how people can find you and maybe get some gifts yeah. from you guys. Yeah, I think... Um... You know, this the reason that Black Friday is called Black Friday is because people spend so much money that retailers finally like are in the black for the year. That's why it's called that. So there's just this like cultural expectation that you're going to buy a lot of junk this weekend, next weekend. Um, and uh, I think the mindset to go into it with is just one of... Um, introspection like why are you buying things for the people that you are buying things for like just does your postman really need a $50 something or other or maybe would he love a plate of cookies and a handwritten note Mm -hmm. um you know just thinking about like what do people actually what do the people in your life actually want and need and maybe that isn't stuff um, maybe that is a new pair of sheets for your brother who hasn't bought a new pair of sheets in 20 years. Like that's fine. <laughs> um, 
but you know, maybe it is a handwritten note. Maybe it is like, maybe somebody's love language is spending quality time together. So instead of perhaps buying them another pair of slippers, perhaps you go get a massage together or something. Um, I think just sitting down and actually being still and like thinking about gift giving instead of just consuming is, um, it takes a little bit more time. But in the end, I think it reduces so much stress. And I think that it's actually a lot more sustainable for you and just your mindset and everything about uh, the holiday season. That being said, um, something that we're doing instead of uh, tons of discounts and all that kind of stuff uh, for our small business for you know, the coming holiday weekend, we are partnering with Down Home, the organization I mentioned um, that works to provide furnished homes for families coming out of homelessness. We are partnering with them to donate 20% of all our online sales from Friday the 29th until December 2nd. So um, Black Friday or Plaid Friday as we like to call it in downtown Fargo. Uh, Small Business Saturday, then you know the Sunday, give it, uh, excuse me, Cyber Monday, and then Tuesday, Giving Tuesday is the day that we are going to make that donation to Down Home. So we're really excited about that. Um, if you have been thinking about making a purchase from others through our online shop, not to say wait, <laughs> but if you do <laughs> wait <laughs> until that weekend, 20% of that profit, you know, the profit from um, that purchase will be donated directly to Down Home as well as 100% of the profit donated as well. So um, yeah, I think just like making more conscious decisions and being more aware of how and why you're spending your money um, and just being meaningful. And maybe that is, maybe that means that you end up at others and we chat about sustainability and ethical consumption and all the things, or maybe it's you stay home and bake a lot of cookies for all the people in your life. Like both mm-hmm. of those sound wonderful. Yes. <laughs> well, that's great. And I will share links in the show notes and make sure people know how to find you guys. And thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me. So I hope you enjoyed getting to know some of my friends and local businesses and all of the things that they are up to. And Simple Self-Care listeners get their own special discount codes to shop at Others Online and at Arrow Handmade. And there are links in the show notes, but I'll make it even easier for you by sharing them right now. So for Others, head to othersshop.com and get 10% off with the code Simple Self-Care. And for Arrow, head to Arrow Handmade, and that's Arrow A-E-R-O-W, handmade.com, and you get 25% off with code SELFCARE. And if you'd like to support this podcast so I can continue to produce it for you and not bombard you with sponsors and such, you can head over to my Patreon page. And there you can help cover the cost of production for as little as $2. And in return, you get bonus material from me, like special Q&As, bonus content, special gifts and giveaway from guests, and more. And it really makes a huge difference. So like I mentioned, I operate my own brick and mortar and have my own healing practice and do all the work (laughs) that that requires. And the podcast is something I fit in in between all of that. So to have your support to continue to produce this is really amazing. So it really 
goes a long way. And even just $2 makes a difference each month. So for the Patreon bonus this week, I just decided to share it with everybody because I want as many people to partake in the small business support as possible. So I'm sharing the discount codes with all of you. So please use them. And I'm also creating an intentional shopping resource in the show notes as well. But if you are interested in joining the Patreon community, which it's becoming my favorite place to hang out, head to patreon.com slash simple self care. And you can always connect with me on Instagram at naturally Randy K. That's naturally R A N D I K A Y. Let me know what you thought of today's episode, who your favorite business owner was. I'd love, I always love hearing from you guys. And you can join the Facebook group, Simple Self Care Circle, or join the newsletter at naturallyrandyk.com slash newsletter. And please, most importantly, stay intentional for the next few weeks as we head into the holidays. Be mindful not only of your own well-being, but where your dollars go. And let your gift giving make a difference, not only for those you are giving to, but who you are buying from as well. This time of year can make or break a small business and Every time you purchase something from a small business, they do a happy dance. So let's have more of that dancing. Uh, Okay. Anyway, stay tuned for next week. I'm very excited because we are going to do a deep dive into how to enjoy this holiday season, even when it's hard for you to enjoy it. And there's a special gift from my very special guest. So how's that for a teaser? All right stay tuned. Thank you for listening. I am your host, Randy Kay, a holistic wellness practitioner and educator. Through my online resources and one-on-one mentoring programs, I teach women holistic ways to tune into their inner wisdom and establish healing seasonal practices so they can know how to heal their own pain and feel healthy and at home from the inside out. And until we meet again, Take good care and enjoy the journey.